Today is day 20 of our daily Bible reading plan. We will be reading Leviticus 6 through 10 today. Lord Heavenly Father, please show us your will today. Please show us your goodness in light of your law. And show us why it's important for us to know what your statutes are. That we may know how to properly honor you and be obedient to you, no matter what. Please be with us today as we read your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, When a person sins and acts unfaithfully against the Lord and deceives his companion in regard to a deposit or a security entrusted to him, or through robbery, or if he it was extorted from his companion, or has found what was lost and lied about it and sworn falsely, so that he sins in regards to any one of the things a man may do, then it shall be, when he sins and becomes guilty, that he shall restore what he took by robbery, or what he got by extortion, or the deposit which was entrusted to him, or the lost thing which he found, or anything about which he swore falsely. He shall make restitution for it in full, and add to it one-fifth more. He shall give it to the one to whom it belongs on the day he presents his guilt offering. Then he shall bring to the priest his guilt offering to the Lord, a ram without defect from the flock, according to your valuation, for a guilt offering. And the priest shall make atonement for him before the Lord, and he will be forgiven for any one of the things which he may have done to incur guilt. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Command Aaron and his sons, saying, This is the law for the burnt offering. The burnt offering itself shall remain on the hearth, on the altar, all night until the morning, and the fire on the altar is to keep burning on it. The priest is to put on his linen robe, and he shall put on undergarments next to his flesh, and he shall take up the ashes to which the fire reduces the burnt offering on the altar, and place them beside the altar. Then he shall take off his garments and put on other garments, and carry the ashes outside the camp to a clean place. The fire on the altar shall be kept burning on it. It shall not go out, but the priest shall burn wood on it every morning, and he shall lay out the burnt offering on it, and offer up in smoke the fat portions of the peace offerings on it. Fire shall be kept burning continually on the altar. It is not to go out. Now this is the law of the grain offering. The sons of Aaron shall present it before the Lord in front of the altar. Then one of them shall lift up from it a handful of the fine flour of the grain offering, with its oil and all the incense that is on the grain offering, and he shall offer it up in smoke on the altar, a soothing aroma, as its memorial offering to the Lord. What is left of it Aaron and his sons are to eat. It shall be eaten as unleavened cakes in a holy place. 
They are to eat it in the court of the tent of meeting. It shall not be baked with leaven. I have given it as their share for my offerings by fire. It is most holy, like the sin offering and the guilt offering. Every male among the sons of Aaron may eat it. It is a permanent ordinance throughout your generations. From the offerings by fire to the Lord. Whoever touches them will become consecrated. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, This is the offering which Aaron and his sons are to present to the Lord on the day when he is anointed, the tenth of an ephah of fine flour as a regular grain offering, half of it in the morning and half of it in the evening. It shall be prepared with oil on a griddle. When it is well stirred, you shall bring it. You shall present the grain offering in baked pieces as a soothing aroma to the Lord. The anointed priest who will be in his place among his sons shall offer it. By a permanent ordinance, it shall be entirely offered up in smoke to the Lord. So every grain offering of the priest shall be burned entirely. It shall not be eaten. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and to his sons, saying, This is the law of the sin offering. In the place where the burnt offering is slain, the sin offering shall be slain before the Lord. It is most holy. The priest who offers it for sin shall eat it. It shall be eaten in a holy place, in the courts of the tent of meeting. Anyone who touches its flesh will become consecrated, and when any of its blood splashes on a garment in a holy place, you shall wash what was splashed on. Also, the earthenware vessel in which it was boiled shall be broken, and if it was boiled in a bronze vessel, then it shall be scoured and rinsed in water. Every male among the priests may eat of it, it is most holy. But no sin offering of which any of the blood is brought into the tent of meeting to make atonement in the holy place shall be eaten. It shall be burned with fire. Now this is the law of the guilt offering. It is most holy. In the place where they slay the burnt offering, they are to slay the guilt offering and he shall sprinkle its blood around on the altar. Then he shall offer from it all its fat, the fat tail and the fat that covers the entrails, and the two kidneys with the fat that is on them, which is on the loins, and the lobe on the liver he shall remove with the kidneys. The priest shall offer them up in smoke on the altar as an offering by fire to the Lord. It is a guilt offering. Every male among the priests may eat of it. It shall be eaten in a holy place. It is most holy. The guilt offering is like the sin offering. There is one law for them. The priest who makes atonement with it shall have it. Also, the priest who presents any man's burnt offering, that priest shall have for himself the skin of the burnt offering, which he has presented. 
Likewise, every grain offering that is baked in the oven and everything prepared in a pan or in a griddle shall belong to the priest who presents it. Every grain offering mixed with oil or dry shall belong to all the sons of Aaron, to all alike. Now this is the law of the sacrifice of peace offerings, which shall be presented to the Lord. If he offers it by way of thanksgiving, then along with the sacrifice of thanksgiving, he shall offer unleavened cakes mixed with oil, and unleavened wafers spread with oil, and the cakes of well-stirred fine flour mixed with oil. With the sacrifice of his peace offerings for thanksgiving, he shall present his offering with cakes of leavened bread. Of this he shall present one of every offering as a contribution to the Lord. It shall belong to the priest who sprinkles the blood of the peace offerings. Now as for the flesh of the sacrifice of his thanksgiving peace offerings, it shall be eaten on the day of his offering. He shall not leave any of it over until morning. But if the sacrifice of his offering is a votive or a free will offering, it shall be eaten on the day that he offers his sacrifice. And on the next day, what is left of it may be eaten. But what is left over from the flesh of the sacrifice on the third day shall be burned with fire. So if any of the flesh of the sacrifice of his peace offerings should never be eaten on the third day, he who offers it will not be accepted, and it will not be reckoned to his benefit. It shall be an offensive thing, and the person who eats of it will bear his own iniquity. Also, the flesh that touches anything unclean shall not be eaten. It shall be burned with fire. As for other flesh, anyone who is clean may eat such flesh. But the person who eats the flesh of the sacrifice of peace offerings, which belongs to the Lord, in his uncleanness, that person shall be cut off from his people. When anyone touches anything unclean, whether human uncleanness or an unclean animal or any unclean, detestable thing, and eats of the flesh of the sacrifice of peace offerings which belong to the Lord, that person shall be cut off from his people. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the sons of Israel, saying, You shall not eat any fat from an ox, or a sheep, or a goat. Also the fat of an animal which dies, and the fat of an animal torn by beasts, may be put to any other use, but you must certainly not eat it. For whoever eats the fat of the animal from which an offering by fire is offered to the Lord, even the person who eats shall be cut off from his people. You are not to eat any blood, either of bird or animal, in any of your dwellings. Any person who eats any blood, even that person, shall be cut off from his people. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, 
Speak to the sons of Israel, saying, He who offers the sacrifice of his peace offerings to the Lord shall bring his offering to the Lord from the sacrifice of his peace offerings. His own hands are to bring offerings by fire to the Lord. He shall bring the fat with the breast, that the breast may be presented as a wave offering before the Lord. The priest shall offer up the fat and smoke on the altar, but the breast shall belong to Aaron and his sons. You shall give the right thigh to the priest as a contribution from the sacrifices of your peace offerings. The one among the sons of Aaron who offers the blood of the peace offerings and the fat, the right thigh shall be his as his portion. For I have taken the breast of the wave offering and the thigh of the contribution from the sons of Israel from the sacrifices of their peace offerings and have given them to Aaron the priest and to his sons as their due forever from the sons of Israel. This is that which is consecrated to Aaron and that which is consecrated to his sons from the offerings by fire to the Lord in the day when he presented them to serve as priests to the Lord. These the Lord had commanded to be given them from the sons of Israel in the day that he anointed them. It is their due forever throughout their generations. This is the law of the burnt offering, the grain offering, and the sin offering, and the guilt offering, and the ordination offering, and the sacrifice of peace offerings, which the Lord commanded Moses at Mount Sinai in the day that he commanded the sons of Israel to present their offerings to the Lord in the wilderness of Sinai. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Take Aaron and his sons with him, and the garments, and the anointing oil, and the bowl of the sin offering, and the two rams, and the basket of unleavened bread, and assemble all the congregation at the doorway of the tent of meeting. So Moses did just as the Lord commanded him. When the congregation was assembled at the doorway of the tent of meeting, Moses said to the congregation, This is the thing which the Lord has commanded to do. Then Moses had Aaron and his sons come near and washed them with water. He put the tunic on them and girded them with the sash and clothed him with the robe and put the ephod on him and he girded him with the artistic band of the ephod with which he tied it to him. He then placed the breastpiece on him, and in the breastpiece he put the urim and the thummim. He also placed the turban on his head, and on the turban at its front he placed the golden plate, the holy crown, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. Moses then took the anointing oil and anointed the tabernacle and all that was in it and consecrated them. He sprinkled some of it on the altar seven times and anointed the altar and all its utensils and the basin and its stand to consecrate them. 
Then he poured some of the anointing oil on Aaron's head and anointed him to consecrate him. Next, Moses had Aaron's sons come near and clothed them with tunics and girded them with sashes and bound caps on them, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. Then he brought the bowl of the sin offering, and Aaron and his sons laid their hands on the head of the bowl of the sin offering. Next, Moses slaughtered it and took the blood and with his finger put some of it around on the horns of the altar and purified the altar. Then he poured out the rest of the blood at the base of the altar and consecrated it to make atonement for it. He also took all the fat that was on the entrails and the lobe of the liver and the two kidneys and their fat, and Moses offered it up in smoke on the altar. But the bowl and its hide and its flesh and its refuse he burned in the fire outside the camp, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. Then he presented the ram of the burnt offering, and Aaron and his sons laid their hands on the head of the ram. Moses slaughtered it and sprinkled the blood around on the altar. When he had cut the ram into its pieces, Moses offered the head and the pieces and the suet in smoke. After he had washed the entrails and the legs with water, Moses offered up the whole ram in smoke on the altar. It was a burnt offering for a soothing aroma. It was an offering by fire to the Lord, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. Then he presented the second ram, the ram of ordination. And Aaron and his sons laid their hands on the head of the ram. Moses slaughtered it and took some of its blood and put it on the lobe of Aaron's right ear and on the thumb of his right hand and on the big toe of his right foot. He also had Aaron's sons come near, and Moses took some of the blood on the lobe of their right ear and on the thumb of their right hand and on the big toe of their right foot. Moses then sprinkled the rest of the blood around on the altar. He took the fat and the fat tail and all the fat that was on the entrails and the lobe of the liver and the two kidneys and their fat and the right thigh. From the basket of unleavened bread that was before the Lord, he took one unleavened cake and one cake of bread mixed with oil and one wafer and placed them on the portions of fat and on the right thigh. He then put all these on the hands of Aaron and on the hands of his sons and presented them as a wave offering before the Lord. Then Moses took them from their hands and offered them up in smoke on the altar with the burnt offering. They were an ordination offering for a soothing aroma. It was an offering by fire to the Lord. Moses also took the breast and presented it for a wave offering before the Lord. It was Moses' portion on the ram of ordination, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. 
So Moses took some of the anointing oil and some of the blood which was on the altar and sprinkled it on Aaron, on his garments, on his sons, and on the garments of his sons with him. And he consecrated Aaron, his garments, and his sons, and the garments of his sons with him. Then Moses said to Aaron and to his sons, Boil the flesh at the doorway of the tent of meeting, and eat it there together with the bread, which is in the basket of the ordination offering, just as I commanded, saying, Aaron and his sons shall eat of it. The remainder of the flesh and of the bread you shall burn in the fire. You shall not go outside the doorway of the tent of meeting for seven days, until the day that the period of your ordination is fulfilled. For he will ordain you through seven days. The Lord has commanded to do as has been done this day, to make atonement on your behalf. At the doorway of the tent of meeting, moreover, you shall remain day and night for seven days, and keep the charge of the Lord, so that you will not die. For so I have been commanded. Thus Aaron and his sons did all the things which the Lord had commanded through Moses. Now it came about on the eighth day that Moses called Aaron and his sons and the elders of Israel, and he said to Aaron, Take for yourself a calf, a bull for a sin offering, and a ram for a burnt offering, both without defect, and offer them before the Lord. Then to the sons of Israel you shall speak, saying, Take a male goat for a sin offering, and a calf and a lamb, both one year old, without defect, for a burnt offering and an ox and a ram for peace offerings, to sacrifice before the Lord, and a grain offering mixed with oil. For today the Lord will appear to you. So they took what Moses had commanded to the front of the tent of meeting, and the whole congregation came near and stood before the Lord. Moses said, This is the thing which the Lord has commanded you to do, that the glory of the Lord may appear to you. Moses then said to Aaron, Come near to the altar, and offer your sin offering and your burnt offering, that you may make atonement for yourself and for the people. Then make the offering for the people, that you may make atonement for them, just as the Lord has commanded. So Aaron came near to the altar and slaughtered the calf of the sin offering which was for himself. Aaron's sons presented the blood to him, and he dipped his finger in the blood and put some of the horns on the altar and poured out the rest of the blood at the base of the altar. The fat and the kidneys and the lobe of the liver of the sin offering he then offered up in smoke on the altar, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. The flesh and the skin, however, he burned with fire outside the camp. Then he slaughtered the burnt offering, and Aaron's sons handed the blood to him, and he sprinkled it around on the altar. 
they handed the burnt offering to him in pieces with the head, and he offered them up in smoke on the altar. He also washed the entrails and the legs, and offered them up in smoke with the burnt offering on the altar. Then he presented the people's offering, and took the goat of the sin offering, which was for the people, and slaughtered it, and offered it for sin like the first. He also presented the burnt offering, and offered it according to the ordinance. Next he presented the grain offering, and filled his hand with some of it, and offered it up in smoke on the altar, beside the burnt offering of the morning. Then he slaughtered the ox and the ram, the sacrifice of peace offerings which was for the people, and Aaron's sons handed the blood to him, and he sprinkled it around on the altar. As for the portions of fat from the ox, and from the ram, the fat tail, and the fat covering, and the kidneys, and the lobe of the liver, they now placed the portions of fat on the breasts, and he offered them up in smoke on the altar. But the breasts and the right thigh Aaron presented as a wave offering before the Lord, just as Moses had commanded. Then Aaron lifted up his hands toward the people and blessed them. And he stepped down after making the sin offering and the burnt offering and the peace offering. Moses and Aaron went into the tent of meeting. When they came out and blessed the people, the glory of the Lord appeared to all the people. Then fire came out from before the Lord and consumed the burnt offering and the portions of fat on the altar. And when all the people saw it, they shouted and fell on their faces. Now Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, took their respective fire pans, and after putting fire in them, placed incense on it and offered strange fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded them. And fire came out from the presence of the Lord and consumed them, and they died before the Lord. Then Moses said to Aaron, It is what the Lord spoke, saying, By those who come near me I will be treated as holy, and before all the people I will be honored. So Aaron therefore kept silent. Moses also called to Mishael and Elzaphon, the sons of Aaron's uncle Uziel, and said to them, Come forward. Carry your relatives away from the front of the sanctuary to the outside of the camp. So they came forward and carried them, still in their tunics, to the outside of the camp, as Moses had said. Then Moses said to Aaron and to his sons Eleazar and Ithamar, Do not uncover your heads nor tear your clothes, so that you will not die, and that he will not become wrathful in all the congregation. But your kinsmen, the whole house of Israel, shall bewail the burning which the Lord has brought about. You shall not even go out from the doorway of the tent of meeting, or you will die. 
for the Lord's anointing oil is upon you. So they did according to the word of Moses. The Lord then spoke to Aaron, saying, Do not drink wine or strong drink, neither you nor your sons with you, when you come into the tent of meeting, so that you will not die. It is a perpetual statute throughout your generations. And so as to make a distinction between the holy and the profane, and between the unclean and the clean. And so as to teach the sons of Israel all the statutes which the Lord has spoken to them through Moses. Then Moses spoke to Aaron and to his surviving sons, Eleazar and Ithamar. Take the grain offering that is left over from the Lord's offerings by fire, and eat it, unleavened, beside the altar, for it is most holy. You shall eat it, moreover, in a holy place, because it is your due, and your son's due, out of the Lord's offerings by fire. For thus I have been commanded. The breast of the wave offering, however, and the thigh of the offering, you may eat in a clean place, you and your sons and your daughters with you. For they have been given as your due, and your sons due out of the sacrifices of the peace offerings of the sons of Israel. The thigh offered by lifting up, and the breast offered by waving, they shall bring along with the offerings by fire of the portions of fat, to present as a wave offering before the Lord. So it shall be a thing perpetually due you and your sons with you, just as the Lord had commanded. But Moses searched carefully for the goat of the sin offering, and behold, it had been burned up. So he was angry with Aaron's surviving sons, Eleazar and Ithamar, saying, Why did you not eat the sin offering at the holy place? For it is most holy, and he gave it to you to bear away the guilt of the congregation, to make atonement for them before the Lord. Behold, since its blood had not been brought inside into the sanctuary, you should certainly have eaten it in the sanctuary, just as I commanded. But Aaron spoke to Moses, Behold, this very day they presented their sin offering and their burnt offering before the Lord. When things like these happen to me, if I had eaten a sin offering today, would it have been good in the sight of the Lord? When Moses heard that, it seemed good in his sight. For today, we're, let's go ahead and focus on just a few things. We'll keep this fairly short today. So first off, we see more rituals being conducted here, as well as some more sacrifices and more instructions on how to do these particular rituals. Now, one question was, why does the Lord get the fat? Have you ever had a juicy steak before? How does that compare to a dry piece of chicken breast? Big difference, right? Fat is flavor. Fat is good. And fat is seen in the Bible context as excess. 
you know, something like um, it's a form of riches in a sense. And so, of course, we should give God the best of everything that we have. And so that's why God has elected for him to get the fat and that be burned at the altar. So that soothing aroma, not only again, it may he may like the smell of it, but it is a representation of how not only is God elsewhere in the Bible called a consuming fire, but the fat is a symbol of the excess and the goodness of the land. And we know God is good. And so certainly he deserves the fat. And so that is why, from what I understand, to be the reason why the fat is offered to the Lord. And then we see the consecration of Aaron and his sons and the elaborate ritual that Moses did in order to get them ordained and the inside of all the people. So all the people understood what had to be done in order to ordain someone as well as seeing how elaborate these rituals are. And they were to be followed to the letter. And we see that same language repeat over and over and over at the end of every paragraph. This was done just as the Lord commanded Moses. And we see that pattern again, that everything that Moses did, he did in obedience to God's command. And that is important, that we should certainly do all things in obedience to God's command. And then we see Aaron and his sons take up their new job, and they start doing the offerings themselves, as Moses had not only shown them to some degree by doing the rituals on them, and then they mirrored as Moses had taught them. But that didn't last very long, did it? Not long after this. This is on the first day. I'm pretty sure this is the very first day on the job. It talks about it um, in chapter 10 here that Nadab and Abihu, sons of Aaron, offered strange fire before the Lord. Very strange language. What does that mean, offered strange fire? Well, if it's, what is the opposite of strange? It would be, in a, in a material sense, the opposite of strange would be usual, right? Because strange is unusual. So the opposite of that would be usual. But then you, from a personal perspective, if someone is a stranger, then the opposite of that would be someone who is familiar, right? So in this context, we have to understand that what the strange offering is. We don't know exactly what kind of mistake that they made, per se, but obviously they did do something that was not what they were told to do. And I can imagine something like they were not to mess around with particular elements that were in the sanctuary, or they burned something in a way that was not prescribed. They used coals that didn't belong there. I don't know. But either way, whatever they did was strange. It was not familiar in God's sense to where it was not familiar in the way that he had commanded his offerings to be made. And so for his, their lack of obedience, they were killed. Now, I want to make something clear, though, in the way that this is to be understood, is that 
that seems pretty harsh, right? First day on the job. I mean, you just started your training and you're already just get wiped out because you made a mistake. Is it really that simple? I don't think it is. It never is with the Lord. And we know this because we know that the Lord is just. He is fair. And he wouldn't just wipe somebody out simply because they did not know better in their own ignorance. He did this, from what I can see, he did this for two reasons. He killed them because he wants to demonstrate to all the people of Israel that his statutes stand no matter what. That if he says something needs to be done a certain way or that this is the rule, you do not break this rule, whether in your ignorance or not, you do not break this rule. You know, it's like saying, you know, I didn't know that I couldn't steal something. Yes, you do. You know you cannot steal. Oh, I didn't know I didn't I couldn't kill someone. Yes, you do. We all know the Ten Commandments. And it's in our not only in the law of God, but even if you're not a believer, it's in our justice system, which is based off of God's law to some degree. So we know killing is wrong, for example. So in this context, they knew that what they did was not what God said, so they were killed. So there's also that sense of pride, that sense of arrogance and lack of respect for God that caused that anger in God's manner, and that's what caused them to die. That's what I'm reading out of the text. Now, that is a hard thing to deal with, because, I mean, I have three sons myself, and if two of my sons got wiped out at the same time, I would not be silent. So I give Aaron a lot of props here that he definitely kept silent. But I don't think that's the whole story, and I'm not the first one to say this either. This is not original to me, but I believe it was um, John Piper that I heard a, a podcast for him. And he talked about this very thing, about um, Aaron not saying anything. I wouldn't have been silent. I'm sure that he went to Moses' tent and be like, Moses, what in the world happened here? Why did God do this? I'm sure that he would have said that. I'm sure that he was flustered and angry and bewildered by what happened. And he went and he gave Moses a piece of his mind. But when Moses spoke those words... Then Aaron realized that he had been put in his place. It's like, because that's what Moses said. Didn't the Lord tell you this? That whoever comes near me, I will be treated as holy. And before all the people, I will be honored. No one is allowed to dishonor me in front of the people. And I will not be treated anything less than holy. Aaron you have been chosen as high priest. You need to know that. As the representative of the people in front of God, your actions and your acts of service are going to be what, what satisfies the sins of all the people. You need to know this. It's terrible what happened to your sons. They're my nephews. As if I'm saying this for Moses, right? They're my nephews too. And I love them and I didn't want to see them die. 
But God's will cannot be thwarted. If he has declared something, it will come to pass. And it needs to be done according to his command. We need to be obedient, Aaron, and not have a haughty heart in the process. And that is why I think Aaron stayed silent. And you can see also that Aaron learned his lesson at the end of the chapter. When it says that, that Moses searched carefully for the goat of the, of the sin offering, but the entire thing had been burned up. And Moses got angry because, again, it's like <laughs> I can imagine the outside of this text. You can see not only did, as priests, the remaining two sons of Aaron did not do exactly as he, they were told to do. And he's like, why do you, you just saw your brothers get killed. Why are you trying to get yourselves killed, guys? What are you doing? I'm trying to save your life here, and I'm trying to tell you what God is commanding you to do, and you're not doing it. Why? Why are you not following his commands? But I love Aaron's response here. Moses was asking why the sin offering had not been eaten the way that they were prescribed to eat. And Aaron's response was this. This very day, they presented their sin offering and their burnt offering before the Lord. When things like these happened to me, well, what things happened to him? His other two sons were killed, right? When these things happened to me, if I had eaten a sin offering today, would it have been good in the sight of the Lord? He felt unworthy after what had happened to his other two sons. He felt unworthy before the Lord. Moses thought about what he said, and he accepted that as a reasonable explanation. It seemed good to him that he had the right posture of heart. Do you see it? It's all about the posture of heart. This was a very humbling experience for Aaron and his other two sons. So it wouldn't surprise me if there's a, some air of arrogance or pride in the matter. Or, and the last thing I think God would want is for Aaron and his sons to take this so flippantly, to take this so casually. They need to take their job seriously. Because it's not just them that they're representing. They're representing the entire nation. So they need to have the proper mindset, have that proper humble nature, right? They need to be humble and submissive to their God. And sometimes, I understand this because I'm a stubborn individual, sometimes you need something very humbling to in order to for you to learn the lesson and for you to have the proper posture in front of the Lord. I learned the hard way. And the Lord has had to humble me many times throughout my life because of my arrogance or because of, you know, me not taking something as seriously as I should. So with that, one last thing I wanted to note is that when these two sons died and they were consumed by fire, it said that their clothes were still on them and they were not even hurt. So I guess they themselves were the ones that were burned, but not the clothes. Very interesting. I thought that was pretty neat. Not necessarily that they died, and that's neat, but just how the way God consumed them was very interesting.
The Lord said to Aaron, Do not drink wine or strong drink, neither you nor your sons, when you come into the tent of meeting, so that you will not die. It is a perpetual statute. This is not a prohibition. Let's be clear. The Bible never says anywhere that you should never drink anything alcoholic. Okay, I have a tendency, personally, of being an alcoholic, so I need to stay away from alcohol. Not everyone has this problem. But more often than not in the Bible, it does talk about drunkenness quite often. And the whole point of why God is saying this to Aaron is he's warning them um, to not be under the influence. Don't come into my sanctuary drunk because then you will not be sober-minded. You will not be able to do your job fully. Your faculties will be dulled when you're performing my rituals, and you will not be offering your best to me. So stay away from strong drinks. Stay away from wine. But it just says that. It says, when you come into the tent of meeting, don't drink wine. When they're not performing the, their duty as priests, they could drink. And there was nothing wrong with that. There's always that mindset that, well, if you're a Christian, you can't drink alcohol. It's still a matter of the spiritual life. If you think it's a license to drink however you want, there's a problem with that. Personally, my recommendation to you is don't drink alcohol. To me, it's a gateway drug to worse things. And I personally would not recommend it. But again... This is not what it's saying. That's between you and the Lord, but it is important to be sober and not drink to the point of getting drunk. If you like to have an occasional wine here or there, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But let's be honest with ourselves. Can we really keep it to one glass of wine? Some people can, but people like me cannot. So I need to stay completely away from it. So only you know this, but um, just to be clear, it's not it's not saying that you are not allowed to drink. Because we, we read in the Bible that, you know, when Jesus was on earth, you know, he went and he ate and drank with sinners. You know, and it's not saying that he just drank grape juice. He probably drank wine, alcohol. And again, it's not wrong, but you never see Jesus get hammered or just so wasted that he's doing all sorts of stuff. You don't ever see that because he's God and he knows better and he's showing his, he, you can drink responsibly, right? Just be careful that we don't read this to the letter of the law. The spirit of the law is what's important. And that's what Paul spends a good deal of his letters about is breaking the letter of the law versus the spirit of the law. Why are things written in such a way in the law? Because it is for us to gauge our spirituality, not necessarily just follow these rules and you'll go to heaven, but having the proper mindset and the proper posture of heart with these things. And if we see that there's something wrong getting in the way between us and God, those things need to be cut out of our lives. Alcohol is one of them. That can be very dangerous. So, again, my recommendation is don't drink at all, but you are your own person. But anyway, thank you for your time today.
I'm Ryan. Thank you for listening, and I will look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Take care, and God bless.